Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello again, everyone. Here we are with another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world, where we talk a little bit of tech, we talk brand, origin stories of what makes our Mavens tick. So today, I'm very excited to have on uh, Nicole Butler. Hi, Nicole. Hi. How are you? I'm amazing. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Nicole is the founder and executive director uh, for Speech Within Reach here in Los Angeles, California, and she is amazing. And she's she's not she she does that, but she, you're also got, you're board certified. You're an actor. You're a mountain climber. You there's so many things I could list after this. You're pretty amazing. <laughs> hey, girl, you are too. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Yeah, um, Nicole and I caught up at a Dodgers game a while back. It was my first, um, but I think it was the first time that we, any of us, had stepped on the field, actually, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was the first time I've been on any baseball field. Well, Major League, that is. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So that was super fun, and it was so fun to meet you and get to know you a little bit more um, after that. And uh, everyone, so Nicole has this great, wonderful organization um, that she founded and I'd love for everybody to know a little bit more about speech within reach and where that came about so will you tell everybody about your beautiful business yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely thanks for asking yeah sure. so speech within reach is a we do home-based speech therapy services for children so we drive to them um, which is a big thing especially in Los Angeles the last thing people want to do is get in their car and drive somewhere mm-hmm. um, and because we go in the family's home we're able to set up uh, specialize the program to cater to whatever the children's specific needs are so if you're going to a clinic and your child is needing speech therapy services it's just one time a week or three times a week um, they're only exposed to whatever items or objects are in that room so they're playing with, you know, a puzzle with farm animals or whatever. But when you go in the home, we get to learn, oh, um, the dog's name is Oreo and the brother and sister's names. And we get to know what objects and toys that they love when they're at home. Right. So we can focus the, the words and vocabulary building around things that they're around more often. Mm-hmm. And um, we can, uh, it, it helps with carryover as well, because I, we, at the end of our sessions, we like to communicate with the guardian and relay anything so that they can use what's in the home to carry over the therapy. Wow, that's super cool. And so in what ages are you dealing with? Um, well, I mean, we're birth to 18, wow. but um, the majority of the children that we work with are, I would say, um, between two and eight. Gotcha. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And so and you... Um, board certified and you know speech language pathologist which <laughs> i know it's funny it's, pathologist which <laughs> it sounds like yeah it sounds so intense like pathologist um it's, it's a speech therapist and a speech language pathologist is exactly the same thing gotcha um it's just terms that they decided to use mm-hmm. um and but there is um if you're board certified that means you have your national certification and you did a fellowship and you were supervised as well as having your master's degree right and um yeah, and you're usually state licensed as well. Yeah, and you've been, I mean, you went to Purdue, which, you know, I 
I'm from the Midwest as well. A lot of my family went there, so go Boilermakers. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then boiler up. Yep, boiler up. Yes, and then uh, NYU. So you've been pursuing this a long time. Um, what's the origin story? How did this spark happen with you? Sure. So my um, mother is a therapist, and growing up, I always was fascinated. You know why people do things that they do. So I was always sort always pretty intuitive and an empath as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that started, you know, started it. But then um, I also love babysitting kids. I was like the neighborhood's favorite babysitter. <laughs> and um, and then I remember meeting, uh, I became best friends with a girl who was deaf. She was hearing impaired. But um, so she had hearing aids, but they didn't, it still was difficult for her. She struggled. And mm-hmm. so she was fluent in sign language. Um, and I remember her and I um, were at a gas station getting candy and she was trying to communicate to the, the man behind the counter. Um, and he was, he kind of was ignoring her and just asking me questions and not right. making an attempt to communicate with her. And I saw her get so frustrated. And that was sort of a moment for me that I realized how important communication is. Mm-hmm. And I learned sign language because of her. And this was, gosh, in like seventh grade or so. Wow. And um, and so that's kind of started all of it. Right. And then I just became fascinated with the whole field once I learned more about it. Yeah. Well, and communication on all levels, you know, with your um, this beautiful business, helping children, and then also you know, theater and improv and, and all of that. So, you know, a grand communicator on so many levels as an artist. We talk about... Um, that side too I know I know you've been really active in that for a long time and um, so where did that start well yeah so I've always wanted to I always like kind of being the goofy like one with my friends and entertaining (laughs) Uh and um, I I took acting classes when I was younger and when I really when I when I really decided I was really passionate about it, it was when I was taking improv and sketch comedy classes. And I just remember looking forward to the class and having such a blast and just, you know, getting to be creative too, because with improv you have to think, you know, mm-hmm. on your feet. And um, and I took uh, classes when I was younger, and then that just continued um, while I was in grad school in New York. Um, and uh, same thing when I was in Chicago, I did Second City and Improv Olympic. And then when I moved to L.A., I did um, Groundlings and Upright Citizens Brigade. But I started um, booking work, you know, doing goofy. The first it was like commercials. And and then I booked Kelsey Grammer's show Boss, you know, doing some drama stuff. Right. And it just kind of snowballed for them. And then I played Melania Trump on Jimmy Kimmel and um, also played like a double agent on NCIS. So <laughs> the drama, there's, <laughs> you know, there's so many more drama shows than there are comedy. There's just so much more opportunities. But comedy is definitely like my passion. That's so cool. Yeah, I I yeah. loved the Second City growing up uh, outside of Chicago. So yeah, I, Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois for me were growing up. So I sort of know a lot of those places that you've said. That's so cool. Um, yeah. How do you find... Um, sort of Los Angeles, you know, for all of that, you know, people, you know, you, you, you've lived in and sort of worked in all the big cities, um, and the third coast, you know, Chicago, um, how do they compare as far as getting work? And, and it sounds like you've kind of been doing it over time too, but did you find that there was any city that had sort of more appeal for you or? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'd say New York and Chicago are more theater type yeah. communities, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there's there's not really a shortage here in Los Angeles for actors. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it's sort of, we're sort of inundated. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, there's just a lot more work here. There's actually a lot of work here, and as well in Atlanta, like in the southeast. Yeah. Um, and they actually have more shows. Um, TV and movies than New York now. Wow! But um, but New York still has great work. Yeah. Um, yeah. The communities are just so different. I you know the thing that I miss about about New York is you can walk everywhere and there's yeah. a little bit more sense of community here because you're driving people a little more isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I feel like the market here is more theater is not the push. It's definitely TV and film. Yeah, absolutely, and so much. I think like voiceover work, voice acting work, that mm-hmm. seems to be so much of that. But you can kind of be anywhere for that, you know. But it's making those yeah. connections, I think, maybe, that are here. Yeah, exactly. Voiceover work you can do in your closet, you know. <laughs> I've seen people do it. That's their, uh, their setup is in the closet. They're like, it's padded, you know, yeah. perfect for sound. Right. Um, and then even with um, auditions for TV and film, you don't have to live in Los Angeles necessarily. I know for when I auditioned for shows on the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, I used to tape them. I just record them on my iPhone and send them to them. So I, I don't have to show, you know, you know everything yeah. is becoming, yeah. you know, digital. So. Wow. I think at some point we're going to be, you know, sending in audition tapes via TikTok, you know? I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love TikTok. It's so entertaining. <laughs> it's like the big thing right now. Yeah. I don't have an account yet. Do you? Uh, you know, I downloaded it, I think, a while ago. Um, but I was <laughs> watching. I, I saw a tweet from um, Gary V. And uh, yes. and I was like, oh, you know. And I was like, hmm. And so I actually played on it last night, got an account. And, yeah, it 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 definitely will suck your time. Um, but you know, there's an audience on there, and I just couldn't believe like the millions of people that are viewing this stuff. You know, I know that's what's in, well. And Gary, it's funny you say Gary Vee because that's how I learned about it because <laughs> he was saying that it's the next you yeah. know Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's that sort of age range. I saw something the other day, um, and I was thinking about you. Uh, I posted it on Facebook, and it was about um, Generation Alpha. And I hadn't heard that mm. term before. And it was talking about kids that are sort of in that 8 to 10-year-old, um, that sort of space and generation, and talking about how they're going to be the most you know, computer literate, the most digital literate, probably the most wealthy, actually. <laughs> um, mm. And that there are influencers now that are 10 years old. There's one kid who's got you know, 2 million um, uh, followers on YouTube and, and a toy company has picked him up and he's going to create toys um, from he, he was doing reviews of toys just as a kid oh my gosh yeah, yeah. It, well it's amazing how many just those basic I know my friend with her little one he's like six months or uh, he still watches it when from the time he was six months till now he's two but um, it's just like it's like someone showing a toy and it's just like an object and they're like truck yep. here's the truck yeah. and then they're like car here's a it's so basic but yeah. it says so many views right. i do wonder with that generation just as a speech therapist yeah. because um i because i work a lot with social skills i work with autism mm-hmm. and children that are trying to have appropriate social skills yeah. um or learn how to make friends and i wonder how it will be when they actually interact with a person if you're you know i'm just curious yeah. how that will evolve because you're 
you have a different, you know, skill set with interacting through a computer or through a phone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think now these days, you know, we talk about, you know, ghosting and, you know, just all of sort of the the dopamine rushes and the serotonin, like all of that stuff that we get from people liking things and, and all of that. And I, it's, it's, I, people don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Like to pick up a phone mm-hmm. and to call somebody. I, I have called somebody in the last few, few and I every time they've been like, did you butt dial me? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I called you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know? my uh, One of my single friends um, was out with his guy friends, and he was saying, and these guys are, uh, like, in their 20s, like mm-hmm. 25, 30. Yeah. And um, he was saying that he's, like, and he's 10 years older than them, you know, and he was like, we're out. And I'm like, are we going to meet girls? You know, are we going to go talk to girls? And they're like, no, no, that's what Tinder and you know, Bumble, like, we don't, oh. we can just meet someone, like, if we want right now, like, it'll show up, but it's, they don't have, they don't have the interest even. Wow. Yeah. That's... So I, I don't know if that's generalized everywhere, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, I think that there is something to that, for sure. I think going out, people, like, want to hang with their friends, and it aren't, they're not going out, like, I think maybe I used to, you know, when I was in my 20s yeah. to meet people, or... Yeah, yeah, I know. It's kind of weird because um, you can just do it on an app, right? Um, right, and yeah. they'll be there. Do you, do you use technology in what you do with uh, the kids or is it more toys? No, and, it depends. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, it depends. So we do, it depends on the need. So uh-huh. if a child, like for example, like I work, I work sometimes with um, a school here and see some of the kids and they have a lot of deaf and hearing impaired mm-hmm. um, children. And so they you know, with uh, cochlear implants, um, a lot of the children are cochlear implants or they have hearing aids. Okay. And so cochlear implant is um, a pretty invasive procedure, but pretty incredible in that it goes and they are actually drilling through the skull. It sounds very wow, kind of mess intense, but yeah. um, they um, are putting a wire that goes through the cilia, like this, like the little snail's shell inside yeah. of your ear. Mm-hmm. And this wire stimulates your hair um, Celia, and so it's um, it stimulates it, and then they put this like little magnet, you like on top of the skull. It's like a little magnet. It's like a little looks like a little button, uh-huh. and it activates it, stimulates it, wow. and then they have hearing. Um, and my understanding is that the hearing is similar to they say people that have once had hearing and then lost it and then had a cochlear implant or um, are saying that it sounds kind of tinny, mm-hmm. like that's it's a little bit different, but you know, it's pretty amazing that they can be profoundly deaf and be able to hear. And of course, not everyone qualifies for it, it depends just like with you yeah. know, LASIK surgery sure. or something. But, right. um, wow. so we use technology that way. Um, and then oh, actually, I have kind of a funny story. I have a girl that when she she's doing, she's now 13, she has cochlear implants. Um, and I've seen her for six years or so and I'm, I'm just consulting and doing checkups on her every couple of years and w- when she's in a, mad at her parents you know because now she's a teenager uh-huh. she just closes her eyes and takes off her cochlear implants so she can't hear them <laughs> and she has total control <laughs> she can't see or hear them <laughs> uh I, yeah I think funny. my father at 75 does that with my mom so you know um <laughs> And lots of people, yeah, lots of people's parents I see do that. Sometimes you'll see them pull a pull the uh, hearing aid out. But yeah, oh wow, that's wild. Um, another another uh, technology yeah. that is 
is used is children like for example you have cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and they're not able to verbalize or talk at all or yeah. when children that are nonverbal they'll have machines you know or, or now it's basically just a computer that they talk through you know if it's an iPad right um, or you know like Stephen Hawking you know he had a he has a communication device so mm-hmm. the technology in that is pretty amazing now wow wow yeah no I I and I I saw you probably have experienced this many times. But I, uh, there was a, a internet meme going around of baby, like young young kids, and here it was one of you know someone hearing their sister or their mother's voice for the first time. First time, oh. isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it happen. It is pretty amazing. Oh, that's yeah. You know, there used to be an old thought to that was, um, I think it's called. Fear, uh, sound and fury, I think. And mm-hmm. this is kind of the 80s, 90s thought for people that were deaf and hearing impaired is that they did not want to hear because they were very proud that their child also was deaf. There's a strong genetic link. Mm. And if you're profoundly deaf, that your child will be, depending, of course, oh. on the cause. Uh-huh of the impairment but um so they were very proud so that they were that they were deaf and they wouldn't have their children implanted um and it was kind of a big divide when cochlear implants started becoming more common uh-huh. and um yeah so a lot of kids didn't get implanted because of that and it's just sort of interesting they, they see it as well we're hearing impaired but our other senses are like heightened so their visual right. skills are off the charts they can and I, when I used to work at a deaf school in Chicago and um, I remember I would come into the when I come into the classroom there was a couple of kids and if they weren't even facing me they knew I was there they would wave and say like Miss Nicole like from, not even looking at me they knew I walked into the room wow like they could just sense me which I don't know if everyone can but certain so there's certain if you're not using a sense mm-hmm. uh, you know other sense you use other areas that are more heightened so Wow. Yeah. Thanks for that. I I'd not heard yeah. of that implant before. That's really really interesting. I figured that, you know, we we you use uh, many different methodologies for what you do, but I like to sort of dig into the tech too because I find that super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I know you are a busy lady, and uh, you know, how, are, for you, how do you get clients? Is it mostly referral or is it word of mouth or? You know, yeah, it's referral work? mostly, but yeah. I mean, I have like a Yelp account for Speech Within Reach, oh, okay. um, and so I get those calls. Sometimes, though, with Yelp, what I've found is that there's they'll be so far away, you mm, know, they'll mm-hmm. be like they're not even like in Los Angeles area. Oh, um, sure. So, but I have speech therapists, other speech therapists, and so they are able to you know possibly see them. So it oh, just cool. kind of depends. But referral really seems to be the best. And the schools now know, like, different schools know me very well. Mm-hmm. And hospitals and pediatricians and developmental, you know, psychologists. Like, So it's I think referral seems to be the best for my business. Like, yeah. you know, if you get if you get injured or you have something medically wrong, you usually want, like, a personal referral. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Especially when it comes to your children. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes sense. The word of mouth that you're customers become part of you know your family of and you you know just like you said you I, you probably work with people a very long time and, and kids a, a long time as well so that's how mm-hmm. many how many kids do you think you've seen over the course of the business oh my gosh that's such a good question I oh my gosh uh, <laughs> I, I have no idea I would like to try to figure that out yeah because it's like how many lives have you affected yeah right you I, know yeah um yeah 
I mean, I could probably actually name them all at some yeah. point. I, I would like to kind of just <laughs> think about it. I think that's so funny. Yeah, I don't know a lot. Yeah, a lot. yeah. Well, maybe I think you have a know, you, ten year anniversary coming up soon. Maybe that's something that you could do for that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that would be. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've been doing it since undergrad. Oh wow! Yeah. 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 Well, thirteen kids then, and okay. then grad school, you are working with patients. Oh gosh, so it's much longer than that, right? Wow. Oh yeah, much longer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. The business has been present here in oh, LA. Oh, speech for, within reach. Yeah. 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 But you've been doing this mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah, and it's you know it's like yeah. we, don't, we don't always realize that. Or remember, I think that that one, the pebble, you know, the one thing, you know, it's like it's not only the. The, the child but it's the parents and it's the aunts and uncles and it's the friends and it's the it's the it's the it's the you know so it's like times 300 yeah. for you you know on right. anybody when you think about it it's just so cool I just think what you do is so neat and um oh. yeah I love it yeah so thank you for doing that in the world yeah you know it's oh, super important welcome. yeah absolutely I love it yeah I love it <laughs> and you know <laughs> you, you are busy you've got clients and all of that in the life and everything so um what are what are some of your passions outside of work I, and I know that I said sort of talked about mountain climbing I know there's a bit of a story there and will you share some of that with us as well yeah yeah I love hiking I did I summoned a Kilimanjaro for a non-profit I love non-profit so um I mean so I, I summited Mount Kilimanjaro and raised 50000 for the non-profit No Limits for Deaf Children yeah and amazing. um I uh I helped start um, a nonprofit, reinvigorated it called um, Child Success Foundations for families that can't afford speech therapy, occupational therapy, and educational therapy. Yeah. And um, Jennifer Gardner is our spokesperson, which is very exciting. Cool. She's great. And um, let's see, I love being outdoors. And uh, I also I love animals. I volunteer at different um, shelters. Um, I love all animals. Yeah, and you have um, a, there was a kitten running around there today, huh? Yeah, I rescued a kitten. <laughs> there was a kitten and her mom. Uh um, Yeah, that, which is, has been a big change, but amazing. They're so loving and sweet. Yeah. Uh, I love traveling. I went to, um, I used to live, I've lived in London and Sweden, and this year I went to Croatia and Italy, and I've been to India. I went to India for a nonprofit called Leading India, Lift, Leading India India's future today, and um, into Africa, to four countries in Africa, into Thailand and Korea. I love traveling. I get so excited about it. There's just so much to see and do. I hear you. And eat. <laughs> and, and eat, for sure. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm a traveler, too, as you know. So, yeah, it's that's a cool thing to do. And so, will you, will you tell everybody your story about um, your summit? I just... I find oh yeah! So oh girl, yeah. That's yeah, a, that's a big story. So I, so yeah, so I summoned Mount Kilimanjaro and I got haste, which is high altitude cerebral edema, which is what most people on Everest end up dying from. So once you get it, you die within, or you you go into a coma within 24 to 48 hours, and you die typically. Um, and so it takes for me. It took. We did five day a five day route on Kilimanjaro and Kilimanjaro. Um, it starts out, you know, you're in a rainforest and you go up on the top as a glacier. So it's freezing when you get on top. Right. But um, nobody knew that's what I had. I was just kind of toughing it out. And, um, you know, the symptoms 
uh, are some uh, some so that some symptoms are similar to a stroke. You know, mm-hmm. you slurred speech, you can't walk straight, and then had all the altitude symptoms like bloody nose and vomiting, all the gross stuff. Yeah. But um, no one really realized it until the summit, and then it was sort of a panic to get me down. Yeah. Um, and, and I was blacked out. I don't remember most of it, unfortunately. Um, wow. And so they they had to get me down to base camp. So uh, Kilimanjaro is around twenty thousand altitude. And um, we had to get down to 17,500. And they got me there, and they gave me dexamethasone, which um, is a strong steroid. Mm -hmm. And that really helped. Um, That that helped me at least not have brain damage. Um, They're pretty sure that would have happened. And then I had to be taken down in a gurney. And to get down from Kilimanjaro on a gurney took like 20 hours and that was four men you know it's a third world country so there's not just a helicopter that's going to come pick you up mm-hmm. so it was about five um or about yeah about four guys like and just a gurney just taking me down the mountain and i don't remember till we were probably like five thousand feet um wow. i started coming to and realizing what had happened and what the heck <laughs> you yeah. know that's... So, and then I got down to the hospital on uh, Kilimanjaro starts as the highest freestanding mountain. So you go down to sea level and, um, and my parents were at a hospital. They met me, they were at safari. So they met me and, oh my goodness. um, wow. yeah, I, was, I after that, I just like had a bad concussion. Yeah. I just had the, the treatments are getting out of altitude and uh, dexamethasone. So. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to summit is one thing, and that is. I mean, did you got a? Did you get a chance to go yay, or was this all happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did you get a chance to be like, I'm on the top of the world, or you know? I mean, not probably not a solid one. No, yeah, probably right. not a solid one. And yeah. I don't have. And I have no intention of getting one. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with not going back. Ever. You did it. I, mean, I think no. Yeah. Right. You, you did it and you did it uh yeah i mean that's so wild and thank goodness for those wonderful people who you know took care of you and got you down and quickly and all of that when you know it's like so many things can go wrong and maybe you don't have this or have that or whatever and you know that's just uh i'm glad you're here so <laughs> hey <laughs> me too yeah no kidding no i couldn't got we couldn't have gone on the dodgers field i know i mean <laughs> you know we couldn't have that is true that's true yeah you mentioned your folks um where did you grow up so i'm from illinois from a small town of like five thousand. and my um my cousins have a pumpkin patch near there so this is pumpkin season right now it's a really fun time to be there nice let's but, give them um, a shout out what's the patch called it's called the great pumpkin patch oh and their instagram is um the 200 acres wow that's so cool uh i haven't yeah. i haven't been yet have do you have a pumpkin I do have a pumpkin. I'm not from there because they're in Illinois. Yeah. But they they have like the bougie of pumpkin patches. Like Martha Stewart came there. What? Like a couple years. Yeah, and they were invited on the show because they have these rare varieties. They've traveled all around the world, so they have like like pumpkin and squash from like France and from Africa and from India oh and from every actually almost pretty much every country in the world. And and they have you know like the bumpy weird ones or like the white one. You know the, all the different funky yeah. ones. How cool. So they were on her show. And then they got asked to decorate the White House when Obama was uh, president. And they decorated, like, the Capitol. What? and Wow. Um, state. Yeah. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah, no kidding. And tell, say the Instagram again. Um, 
the hundred acres. Let me make sure that's right. The hundred acres. Um, All right, we'll stick it in the show notes for sure. But or, sorry, that's two hundred. Let me see. The two hundred uh, acres. <laughs> I love it. That's like, two hundred acres. The two hundred acres. Okay, cool. What a perfect um, hol- pre-Halloween uh, extravaganza. That that's so cool. Yeah. That's your family. That's. <laughs> So. Yeah, those are my peeps. <laughs> those are your peeps for sure. Oh, that's great! Wow, that's cool. You know, um, I always ask everyone. Um, uh, my 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 ending question is always, um, if you would share with us something in your life, um, that sparked you a person, place, thing, moment, um, that really brought you here today. And I know that's a hard one to say one and lots of people say one or sometimes people say more than that or um, something Mm -hmm. that you kind of go you know yeah this is the thing that sort of puts me and seats me right where I am today if you would share that with our listeners yeah um I'd say gosh I I I I think a lot of who I am is because of my parents uh maybe that's so obvious but they're like midwest grounded rooted good people um but my mom is very um always been curious she loves like traveling and like adventure and you know and she's super empath and loves helping people so Mm -hmm. i think that's why i got into speech therapy and why i'm curious about the world and traveling and why i like love like laughing my parents (laughs) like that's they say their secret to, to marriage they've been married 40 or so years, 42 years, and they say the secret is that they laugh and make yeah. each other laugh every day. So, yeah, I'd say that's a good combination of... Absolutely. Surrounded by yeah. laughter and curiosity. That does not mm-hmm. suck. <laughs> yeah, lots of love. Lots of love. So awesome. And so when um, folks are interested in hearing more about Speech Within Reach, we'll put all the ways to connect uh, with Nicole and that organization um, and her nonprofit um, in the show notes. So yeah, I, I love talking to you and it was so great to meet you at the Dodgers game and, and now know you, but that's been a while. So you too, we got to catch up. <laughs> I know, absolutely. That sounds great. Well, um, and you know, for, for just in general, um, one, one tip about just, running a business. I mean, you've been running a business for a while. It's something that really says, if you don't remember anything else or you don't do anything else, maybe this one thing about running a business. Yeah. I think you have to be passionate and love what you do. Yeah. Because that drives you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Come from a heart. Yeah. As it were. Cool. Yes, from the hat. <laughs> from the hat. Awesome. From the hat. Yes. Well, from one Midwestern gal to another, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me. You betcha. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, that has been another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And here is to a big, beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere. Thanks, everyone. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.